he breaks down the actual numbers and how millionaires actually look in real life. Like million millionaires aren't driving Mercedes and Lexuses. They're driving cars that are a few years old and they're paying cash for them. And you know, they don't use their credit card to rack up their American airline travel miles. And you know, they, the jeans that they wear cost $30. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We are so unbelievably floored to welcome our good friend, Heather Garrison, to the podcast this week. Heather is a licensed massage therapist, nutritional therapy practitioner, and financial freedom expert behind Cash Flowing Life. And she shares really practical steps in this episode and resources to help you feel confident to really ditch that debt that's still hanging around in your life and chase after financial freedom and beyond. And Heather's journey to financial freedom is super inspiring. I was personally inspired by it so much um, that it sent me into my own journey to financial freedom. And during our interview, she shares really what motivated her to stop living beyond her means uh, and what she had to give up in order to reach her dream of becoming financially fit. And then she shares some of her top tips for getting started on your own debt-free journey. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, we are so excited that our girl Heather is joining us on the podcast today. Yay! Uh, Heather is the queen of cash flowing life, which is like her her platform that really helps people find financial freedom. And I just have been loving your work so much. Which, as your friend, just makes me so happy. Oh, thank you. And it's it was really cool to see her launch all of this, um, really like last year. But she's had the she had the content hanging out on YouTube for a long time, like three, four years. I'm pretty sure I watched her first video like a year and a half ago. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. that's embarrassing. So people started to like secretly but... find it when she wasn't sharing it, and uh, but she just like <laughs> secretly one one day in our mastermind meeting was just like, yeah, we have this back to YouTube content. For, you know, I just have like 10 videos. It's cool. And I was like, and, and let me tell you, YouTube content creation is no freaking joke. If you have a backlog of 10 episodes that you're ready to, like, I can't, I can't, I, the most videos I've ever backlogged is two. That's amazing. It's like that's 10 amazing backlog videos. That's amazing. But she's also not doing like makeup. So it's a little, it's probably a little simpler process. But yes, that's, I don't know, you it's tell me. so much work for that. The videos creation. are so basic. That's nice. Oh my gosh, what I wouldn't give to be able to just be basic. And Hashtag like, basic. <laughs> Mine are so ridiculously complicated. 
Well, you don't allow yourself to be basic though either. And there's True. also no zooming in on my eyebrows in, this, <laughs> in these videos. Heck oh, no. If you oh, guys yeah, haven't seen you. Genevieve zoom in on her eyebrows in her Instagram stories when she does makeup tutorials, it's, it's scary the best thing. for me. She's like, no, just come on, you guys, get close, get personal. I, I'm always like, come on in, here it's we like, go. It's like viewing little hairs under a microscope. That's how close <laughs> and, you get it. And of course, I decided to do that to do that at the exact same time that I grew out my eyebrows. Oh my gosh, Where, oh, what was I thinking? Truth I be told, know. I'm glad that I did, but still, like. There's still so much missing growth, but when I zoom in, it's like I feel like I'm just holding my breath. Like, okay, here we go. It was a it was a bold move for bold eyebrows. <laughs> Sacrifices must be made for real for the brow. Oh Sacrifices for the brow, all for the brow. So, Miss Genevieve, lady, what is up this week? What is up? Well, I'm in my third week of my. New year, new me, I suppose. I've never really done like a massive switch at the beginning beginning of the year, but I was ready in November. But I was like, this is the wrong time. Girl, you better not like start a workout regimen and like food eating. I knew that I wouldn't be successful. And so it, for about two months, I was like, let's do this. So by the time January hit, I basically, with about four days apart from each other, I went from not working out, well, going to a dance fitness class once a week because it made me happy to consistent weightlifting consistent um uh kind of plyometric work and I went on a really strict macro diet <laughs> and I may, I my, may be getting a couple boxes here and there yeah. that's like and being like Cassie, I'm hungry this, mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is no joke what is this the best part is you're like I'm hungry am I doing it wrong I'm like no you're not eating enough eat more and I was like oh god thank you thank you for saying that to me so I, I just added a few more sweet potatoes and a larger snack and there that was enough. But it was it's being in the third week. I'm on day 18 and I know myself well enough that when I do, I really hold true to that 21 day habit thing <laughs> mentality that when I can do something for 21 days, it truly is a habit like I can I can stay with it for a while. So I'm on day 18 and uh, just it's been really, really awesome for like a meal planning reset for me meal planning meal cook ahead like just to have everything ready that I need like I feel like I'm in a good flow with it now it's just now my workouts are getting really hard for me because mm. <laughs> I'm not I'm not taking it easy on myself anymore it's been you know two and a half weeks I can lift heavier weights but I'm doing high rep low weight um but I'm doing a lot of like um I'm doing a lot of like I get to my third set and I start to like slow down my motions that gets really hard. <laughs> that was really hard. And so I'm doing good, but I'm really sore in a lot of places. I haven't been sore in a very long time. And I knew I knew I didn't want to get injured. So I was really slow into that process. So I'm in my third week and I'm just now like really sore. And I saw my chiropractor today and he had that little like massage gun thing. And I just told him, I said, by the way, I'm really sore in all these places. And so he spent extra time on it. And I was just like, you're the best. <laughs> So I'm like, I feel nothing has really changed on my body. Oh, I take that back. I've lost an inch and a half off my waist. Whoop, whoop. What? That's the best yeah. place to lose it. Right. I was like, and that's good for me because that's where I lose first is right at the t smallest part of my waist. And so I, 
I'm but my weight actually I've gone up in weight, which is pretty typical for me at this point. I which is also get... why weight is just literally your mass right. on the earth. It doesn't <laughs> effing matter. I'm people. fine with taking up some more weight in this world. That's fine. <laughs> like don't be afraid to take up space, people. Yes. And yeah, let me tell you my calves are bigger. My waist Ooh. is smaller. My butt is bigger. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I have to buy new jeans. Um, but everything else has stayed pretty close to the same and my weight's gone up. So this is kind of the part in the journey in the past me that would have been discouraged. You would have but, been like, this isn't working for me. Yeah, I would have been like, this is so hard. Why am I doing this? Nothing's changing that I want to change or nothing's changing fast enough. Um, I also went through my cycle on day uh, 11, <laughs> which sucked. And you're still <laughs> like, alive. You're still and here. I freaking did it although there was one day where i was like i am i cannot it was like day one and i I cannot do like day on day one i was just like oh no you just moved the workout i was lucky i walked on the treadmill the fact that you continued your macros plan on your cycle i'm like that's some serious dedication thank you that makes me feel better because i was just like f this this is so hard on my cycle i'm like anything goes people there's no i may or may not have had some of the uh siete cashew nacho stuff Hell and yeah. chips oh, oh and queso. i don't regret it one bit <gasps> is it queso oh. blanca what is it called Qu- queso it's the siete queso Gosh, nacho so... it's nacho queso i think or it's which is so good. kind of funny it's ridiculous. It is so it's so 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 i so was good. waiting and, for them to come out with something like that and then they and did and i was like oh this is dangerous let me tell you my husband had been off dairy for about five weeks at that point and he was like oh, what is this he thought I was like buying stuff he couldn't have, and I was like, "No, babe, I like bought this because we can both participate." And he was just like, "Yes, we can both participate in this queso cheese." Yeah, <laughs> we can all participate. I would like the to only participate fun... in this queso. I know. <laughs> that was pretty much what it was like. It was just this smorgasbord of sprouted tortilla chips and cashew queso that's some next level shit right there i was like if i'm gonna junk food i'm gonna junk food correctly thank you that's what we call bougie junk food also does that not surprise me that's what i chose bougie bougie. food uh but i don't like let's be like i don't really believe in junk food i think that's some crap like that's true it's just food right mm -hmm. it's such a process when you head into you know we've talked about diet culture so much but it's such mm. a process to head into like a, a nutrition change and yeah, get those like words that you've always had floating around in your brain because society has spoken them to you or your family or people around you or whatever and all that dogma to still be like, okay, I'm choosing to eat this way because I, I feel good and it's a choice I'm happy with. You might even feel like more freedom and less restriction even though you have more restriction, but also it's hard to get out of that mindset of like, okay, I'm eating a good food or I'm eating a bad food. It's like there are yes. no good or bad foods. You're just eating like to make yes. yourself feel. I well. told myself not once was I going to speak the word cheat day or cheat <gasps> meal. So I was like, if I, I'm like never going to say that to myself and I, and I haven't because call it a free day. It's a free day. That's yes. Yeah. So I didn't have like a total free day, but I, I did have that. What I'm sure I had chocolate in there somewhere. Oh, oh, I know what I had. I had like a so delicious, um, the whipped ice cream. Oh, you're such mm. a rebel. I mean, geez. I'm such a rebel, but <laughs> I, I, I 100% recognize, <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I 100% recognize that I'm like under eating in some places on accident. Like I'm, mm. dude, that plant is so hard to eat. I was just going to say, this is so, macros plans are so good for you because 
you like we've talked about in the past like you've given me food journals and i look at them and, and i'm like, like you're not eating what is how are you functioning <laughs> with you? i know and it's been it's been really good for me to intentionally eat is the better way to put it mm. instead of just eat cuz um because I purposely am like fasting into my workouts because I drop my kids off at school and I go straight to the gym and I mean let's be real like my goal is fat loss so I'm like I'm going into it intentionally that way but I immediately I already have my drink ready I got my collagen peptide drink ready I'm like trying to be better about that stuff but truth be told the breakfast meal is the hardest one of the day how come I, I think it's because I don't like eggs cooked ahead of time i'm i just don't like it's not palatable to me like if i'm gonna make like um like a crustless quiche or something of the like i can only finish it and eat the whole portion if i've made it right away and then eat it and i don't know why so i'm in i'm in exploring other options within this meal plan trying to make sure i can at least get my calories and my macros in but i find myself cramming most of my macros into other meals because i just can't seem to get enough of it in just take the same number of eggs and make yourself an omelet out of the same ingredients or something that's what i've been doing the last four or five days is just pre-chopping it's basically just like uh like multicolored peppers spinach eggs and spices and a lot of times i put it on a bed of greens And it's been really working well for me. My next step is I'm going to grab some microgreens and put it on there. So it's like I it's working for me, but it took me like two weeks to get in that flow. So interestingly enough. And also the first week, I didn't realize how I knew I was under eating before, but I didn't realize how bad I was under eating until I was intentionally eating. And I was like, I was like practically starving myself. No wonder I was storing fat, like you know, I was mm-hmm. just, so it's been a really educational journey to things I already knew but it's been it's been five years since i'd really intentionally worked out and intentionally ate other than just eating for therapeutic reasons because it seemed it feels different to me to be eating therapeutically and to have um like fitness goals like i knew i needed to build muscle to be able to get where i want to be and be able to lift the weights that i want to lift and be able to like have the kind of um physical life that I wanted to have like dude I ran for the first time last week in the first time for about four years whoa like I just don't I hate running I raise hate your treadmills. hand if you hate running oh <laughs> oh good I'll raise your hand I know Heather's got hers up to I'm like oh good it's not just me I hate running so I was doing because like I can't treadmill I cannot treadmill I cannot bike it hurts my butt I'm like no <laughs> I'm like no bruise, I can row please. Yeah, I but I get bored. Say, rower's good. Yeah, I can row, but I have found actually Cassie and I are having this conversation like a week and a half ago. I can sprint. I can sprint uh-huh. and come back to resting state. Sprint, resting state. I can do that. Guess what? That's what you should be doing anyway. When you said that to me, it made me feel so much better. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. That's gonna burn way more fat than steady state cardio. I've always been better at sprinting anyway. Long distance is just not my jam. It's gonna feel good. You're gonna be able to yeah. actually recover. That's probably why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. It just intuitively. Sprinting is so happy. It it is. It is kind of happy, isn't it? It's like this burst of energy, and then like I'm I'm really paying attention to my heart rate when I'm working out, trying to make sure my heart rate. Because when I let my heart rate stay super high for half an hour or even longer, I just I just feel yucky. Mm. I just I don't recover well. I just feel yucky. So 
it's been a real journey and I'm really loving it and kind of rediscovering a lot about myself that I'd kind of forgotten and um, I'm having even more fun in my dance fitness class with the exception of slipping and falling on my butt last Wednesday. Ooh. That was interesting. Ouch. <laughs> I, I was already kind of close to the ground so it worked out and it was dusty so I slipped and I fell and it was so funny like I had four women come rushing at me it's just like and there's like 40 or more people in that class like it's a packed class are you at the front too of course yeah yes <laughs> usually I'm on the peripheral our but little, I just our little little two, two wing three previous cheer coach is way up there she's rah, rah. team let's do this I love this class <laughs> oh gosh but anyway what about you I want to well, hear. I want to hear from Heather or Cassie. Yeah, well, either we've, one. We've both been like adopting a little new exercise routine and going to yoga a few mm-hmm. days a week at the same class. Shut up, Got a lot of new-ish going on with me this year. Yeah. Go so ahead, yoga. <laughs> yeah. Is so that- I decided to switch up my workout routine. I've been a member at my CrossFit gym for five years, and you know I love the community Ooh, and I shift. love the workouts. But it for a long time it just wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. And it was just making me feel really tired. Icky. So I kind of took a step back in December and I was trying to evaluate what I was feeling. And I realized that I just needed to slow down. Mm. And I wanted to, I haven't worked out with my husband for five years because I, feel you. I, got, I was going to CrossFit and he wasn't. And we decided to get a gym membership at the local gym in town. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do yoga again. Cause I did it years before CrossFit and I loved it. And also like, it's been a really great way for me to reconnect with myself and create like a new structure and a new routine that can serve me better for the type of day I want to have because CrossFit can really like amp me up because it's really just can be pretty exhausting most of the time and it's hard to recover and then you're like sweaty all day and if you plan on going to the coffee shop right after your workout you're kind of gross for the rest of the day day. Mm -hmm. and yoga has just been really nice to go in and be in touch with myself how I'm feeling how my body is feeling and you know you can be in touch with yourself and as an Enneagram 4 I feel like I need to. That's everything, right? I don't know, like evaluate daily how I'm feeling. (laughs) So it's good to check in with yourself as a yeah. It definitely is, and it's been it's been letting me leave yoga with like feeling really refreshed Mm -hmm. and like refreshed and level headed, and it's just it's been a great transition from high intensity to like chill. That's amazing. Chill AF. Yes. It's really. So, and the yoga instructor that we've been going to see does a really good job of like interweaving um, mindset and um, like meditation and things like that. And this last week, oh, so she cool. talked a lot about how, and I think she got this from uh, the, the soul sessions that Oprah Winfrey and um, Eckhart Tolle are doing together right now. They have like a new six week thing, I guess. Uh, podcast. Uh, I think you can check it out on YouTube. I'll link it in the show notes for everybody. Um, but she talked about how in the present, there's no ego. 
Mm-hmm. You have to let go of your ego. If you're in the present, there's no ego. And she always, like, makes time to talk about how, like, before you start into your practice to, like, let go of your to-do list. It'll be there when you're done with your practice. And that's oh, so good for good. both of us yes. to hear because we're amazing. so both so task-oriented. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, and you guys do so much that's so driven by yourself that I'd imagine that that list never goes away, ever. It's oh always, always there. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> so I know that you guys go to yoga together. But what uh, what is new with you, Cassie? Tell me what's up. Well, yoga has been awesome. I've absolutely been loving it. And one of the things I've figured out in that process is that I don't breathe. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's I, a problem. <laughs> I have I'm like shallow breathing all day long. And so I'm working really, really hard. To, mm-hmm, I'm working really hard to incorporate more deep breathing. And that's just, it's just a practice I got out of. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I kind of got out of when I started working from home and working for myself, like there's just such, it's easy to have like a lack of routine. Um, and so that's actually been my big focus, uh, in the beginning of this year is just getting back to having, like, we have, we've talked about healthy habits and all that kind of stuff, but just really adopting a good routine. And so I actually revisited, I did a workshop, I went to a workshop, um, called the brunch series with Danica Brescia last year in Mm, September. mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah, and it was a wonderful experience, and I just wasn't quite ready to like process all that information and make my own self-care checklist, but I downloaded Evernote, which is a great note-taking app that you can get for your um, your phone or your computer. Or I tablet. live and breathe by that app. Yeah. Like, for real. And basically they uh like how it's all structured makes it really easy for me to make like a a checklist and so in the self-care checklist I have made there's a few different like categories where you want to have some things and so one is like just reminding yourself of your word of the year so for me that's like focus and expansion Mm -hmm. and then the other pieces of it are like what's on your non-negotiable self-care checklist that you have to do everything on this list before you can do anything else. Oh, and that would be hard for me to make. It's it's for me. It's uh, and then you have a couple of goals. Like you commit to a challenge each month, and this month my challenge is to move every day. Ooh, so good for you, just just move. So like go for a walk or go to yoga or go do some weightlifting or whatever it is, but just move. And so that's, awesome. that's been working really well. So I, I remind myself that with my commitment and then I go to like my, my list of, of self-care non-negotiables. And those are things like take my vitamins, drink some water, um, oh, water. <laughs> well, and this is like, I have to drink a, I, I have to drink a full like pitcher of water before I allow myself to have coffee. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm like downing it. I'm not guzzling it. I'm sipping it. Um, yeah. but the really interesting piece is that it's made me like not drink coffee. Because I, oh, I, get, I get past that point. I feel energized by the water and I just don't care. Oh, interesting. And the coffee almost feels like it kind of like... Slows you down. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Really? Yeah. So I've been doing more matcha and stuff like that. Because it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when you drink it with all the delicious fat, which we're both doing right now. <laughs> like oh, sad. Right I, I used my... I new, had to give up my fat. I used my... Well, it's, I, mine has less fat, but um, <laughs> I used my milk frother with with miss heather for the first time i was like heather i'm hooked what I'm did buying you think? one 
Right? I'm like, every time I've seen her do it, I'm Girl, like... Girl, I'll shoot you that affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes for you guys. Um, but it's the only one I... It's, so it's a milk frother. It's just an electric milk frother that you push the on button when you have like your milk in there. And it has a little magnetic piece that has a um, like a little whisk almost in it. And it will froth your milk in just a couple of minutes. And it's like getting a foamy latte. Like it's absolutely oh delicious. Let me tell and you. And it's the only one I could find that froth. was ceramic, like had a ceramic lining mm-hmm. instead of like, it was, it would say like nonstick coating, like mm-hmm. non-specified. Non- I'm like, uh-uh, no, <laughs> like, no, uh, no, no, that's not happening. That's but it took, not- it took me a long time to find one that was ceramic based. So, oh my gosh. So I worked in a coffee shop very briefly. I was in a, she was only for about four or five months, but I got lucky enough to get trained by the company rep for the, the bean company. And they came out and when he showed me how to properly froth milk, I would straight up just like froth the milk and put like a little vanilla in it. And it was so delicious. I don't know what it is about the texture of froth. It's just anything. like it's bringing some air into it. gives it body. Yeah. Yeah. Just and it's... Velvety. Mm, anyone else anyone else feeling a latte right now Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'm gonna go make my michichino i haven't had my afternoon snack yet i'm gonna have jerky and tichino there we go (laughs) it's already planned this is you in your meal planning space i'm like i don't know i know and i i ate really strictly towards the meal plan the first Mm. 10 days and then after that then i started to kind of play with it and be like actually i really enjoyed that meal so i'm gonna have that it matches my macros whereas i don't think i could have done that in the first few days I was so, I needed the structure. So I love that you guys are enjoying that together. So on that like self-care checklist, I basically like I have my vitamins and my water, my movement, uh, and like really focusing in on a few other things that I want to do, like um, a couple of affirmations Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of my affirmations. I just have like a huge list that I wrote down that I've pulled from different sources or from my own crazy brain. And then I just grab a few that really resonate with me for that day from that list and, and literally like say them out loud. And that's what makes me feel the most ridiculous in this whole self-care checklist. Um, and then the other thing that I've been doing daily is writing a letter to myself from the future. <laughs> and that has been blowing my freaking mind. And it can be wow. like a week from now and it can be 10 years from now and it can be 80 years from now which I'm not going to be alive. Oh, interesting. But you know what I mean? You get, That's you know a concept. <laughs> it can be when I'm 80. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, 110-year-old Cassie. 110-year-old Cassie. Oh, my gosh. Hey. I can't. 113 I can't. soon, so. <laughs> I was just rounding down for I you. No, you're so nice. <laughs> you know you have a good friend when they'll round down for you when it comes to your age. I'm still 30, right? You're it's in fine. your 30s. You are in your... Early thirties. Well, you know what's a real mind f is when you realize you're in your mid thirties. You know what? That's gonna be me this year. I'm gonna yeah, have to round to the mid instead of the lower. It no. Is terrifying. How old are you gonna be? I'm gonna be thirty four in November. Oh, I'm gonna be thirty three in February. I'm gonna tell you right now. You don't have to say mid until you're at thirty five. Okay. You're still early thirties. Thank rule. you for saying that because I'm thirty four and a half and I'm like not feeling it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you guys, I love getting older. Well, you look 24. It's been my favorite age. <laughs> Why, thank you. You're, You're gifted in aesthetics, it turns out. I Every time somebody says that to me, I'm like, well, I'm really, really, really fortunate that I started anti-aging skincare when I was 23. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Wish yeah. I had that shit figured out. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> that was, trust me, that was the only thing I was doing at the time that was good for my future. So <laughs> I have learned so much more about how to take care of other parts of my life, but this is the benefit of anti-aging skincare when you're doing it preventatively. So if you're on the fence about anti-aging skincare, start now. She just circled her hand around her face. Mm-hmm. This is the benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Looking awesome. You do look amazing. Oh, girl. Okay. I love it. Well, okay. I mean, we could chat like buddies all day long because that's what we are and that's what we do. But uh, I would love to draw the line somewhere. No, I'm just kind of sad about it. I'm excited to talk about our topic today, which is like all about financial freedom and just being debt free and the freedom that that brings, obviously, in your your checkbook, but really in your life and kind of Heather's story with that, because it's super inspiring. (laughs) And just as like a back end story, my um, my debt free journey really honestly started with Heather sharing hers with me. And it showed me like she she's tangible. She's right in front of me. She's someone I know and understand what she's been through in life and all of and that. She's and she's rocking hear, it. Oh my gosh, rocking <laughs> it. Um, and to hear the like her journey for me, like other people's stories are so motivating. So I can't wait for her to bring her story to you guys today. And um, and and that's really what motivated me. I was like, oh, I know somebody who did this. I could do this. If Heather did this, I could do it, right? I have way more debt than Heather had when she started because <laughs> she got her mind right way earlier in that process. But it was, um, and then I got to see her and watch her just as being like her Facebook friend and kind of on the periphery, like paying off those last bits of debt. So I got to see the very end of it. And it was so beautiful to watch. And I think. So many of us live with tons of consumer debt, tons of student loan debt, and we're told in and out that it's okay um, and that it's normal. That's how you do it, right? right? That's the only way that you can do it. And that's that's what they tell you, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they tell you. And Mm -hmm. and I think it just always goes back to, I I feel like our new tagline for this podcast should be like, common and normal are not the same thing. No, they're not. Oh my gosh. In yep. the debt-free community. So, I, Heather, I would love to know, like, just share more with us about, like, a, what originally motivated you to become debt-free. Like, did you ha- – was it, like, a moment or was it a process? Like, what was it that made you go, I got to get out of this? Yeah, it was a screw this moment. <laughs> it was honestly a moment of fear. And it started about the same time that I finished massage school and started my own private practice. So in 2010, I finished um, a one and a half year massage therapy program and I had to take out student loans for it. I was working um, for my mom's cleaning business, working part time. And um, I just remember this moment where I had my massage license. I was building my private massage practice, um, renting a space from a wellness center two days a week. And then um, alongside working for my mom's cleaning business very part-time, I was working for a day spa. Mm. And I remember thinking, okay, Heather, you couldn't afford the massage table that you purchased. I literally, it took me six months to get a massage table for school so I could practice at home, but I was so broke, I could not afford a $250 massage table. 
I had to open up, get this, I had to open up a JCPenney credit card and go to jcpenney.com where they sell massage tables, off-brand random massage tables. And that's how I got my massage table Unfortunately, that's how most people do any investment. I remember being in aesthetic school and having a similar experience, but a lot with people around me. I was fortunate that I had a little bit available to me to be able to invest. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that were like, how am I going to buy towels? Right. How am I going to, how could I ever? And so consequently, they end up going to places where they're not valued at the monetary value they should be with their, with their expertise, because they feel like that's all the option they have or they have to go into debt. Right. The last thing that we put on credit was my enrollment order for Beauty Counter. The oh. last. Thing. And I, when I did it, I said, mm-hmm. I have to do this right now, but this is the last thing I'm putting on credit. Boom. Thanks, Mic Heather. drop. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have all, the, we always have like, we all have those things that like, we have to do this. We have to figure this out. And this is the only way I can make this happen right now. So I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) No, I think it, I think you bought your massage table. So, um, so anyways, in 2010, I graduated, um, got my massage license. And of course, like I had to take out student loans to go through massage school. I also had some student loans from community college when I was, wandering around the earth, not knowing what I wanted to do. And then I had, um, just credit card debt as well. So I had a combination of, of almost $20,000 of debt at that point, finished massage school, was trying to figure out where I was going to work. And thank, thankfully I got a pretty good paying job at the day spa and I got my foot in the door at a wellness center that, you know, I had great mentors there that, that taught me a lot about the industry, but I remember thinking you have six months until your student loans come to term and you have to pay, start paying them. And I remember being terrified, not knowing how much I was going to be paying for my student loans for massage school. Cause they're, they're all, I don't know what the word is. Maybe is it deferment? They're deferred for like six months. Yeah. Until yeah. you, until you like, it, the idea is to allow you to get set up in your career, right? <laughs> yeah. But we for all know months. that six months, That's such a long time. Is, is definitely not enough time to do that. Yeah. Um, so I remember just being so scared and not knowing what I was going to do. And also at that point, you know, I was an independent contractor for a day spa and being self-employed, being an entrepreneur, when you are relying on booking appointments to make money, it is terrifying. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, Okay, I would write out my bills that I would have to pay every single month, groceries, rent, you know, cell phone, gas, and I would break it down based off of what I would make per hour massage session, and I would figure out how many clients I would have to have. And it's scary. It did not it didn't seem doable in the beginning, and that's when I busted my ass working at the day spa and took on extra shifts there just to just to cover it. So the thing that got me started was realizing that I needed to make money and I needed to, I needed to get it under control. And also as an entrepreneur, or if you're self-employed, there was like a, a year period where 
I had no idea how much I was making because I wasn't tracking my income. Like I would look at my, my, uh, my 1099 from the day spawn, like, it would be like a $600 check. Okay, great. I would just deposit it into my bank account, but I wasn't tracking how much I was actually making. I was just like living almost appointment by appointment mm-hmm. by appointment. And just doing that, like looking back, that terrifies me now. You're so like, so I remember, much anxiety. Um, it's so exhausting. Yeah. Living paycheck to paycheck alone is so exhausting. But when you break that down and it's by by client, by appointment, and then you're coming from a place of desperation because you have to get those bills paid, which means you don't get to have the client interactions that you want to have and yeah. a- attract the clients that you want and like be able to have... It's very fear-based. Yeah, it's, scary. it's amazing. And it almost becomes a point where you're treating anyone and everyone that you meet. And then it also doesn't really allow you to serve your clients in a way that you know you should Mm. because you're you're coming from this fear of well if they don't rebook their next appointment then that's that's another client that I'm gonna have to fill that spot with so realizing that I was that I had all these new issues that I'd never had to figure out just being an employee my my whole life up until that point I was chatting with a with a friend of mine and you know, we were we were talking about finances. Like, my um, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, we had just we bought a townhouse together, and we were talking to our neighbor, and we were talking about like real estate. And I don't know. We thought that we were financially smart because we thought real estate was cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, how can we make make money in real estate? It was like, well, you're broke as hell. You can't make anything. So we were chatting about just like real estate and you know, some, some books that we were reading. And he asked me if I had ever heard of Dave Ramsey. And I was like, no, who's that? He's like, oh, he's like this financial get out of debt guy. His book's called The Total Money Makeover. And I was just like, oh, get out of debt, huh? That sounds pretty that sounds nice. interesting. <laughs> so, so this was back in 2012 when Amazon pretty much only sold books. So I went on to Amazon. I purchased the book. You know, I get it like a week later because Amazon Prime didn't exist back then either. Damn. How did we live? <laughs> right. It's like pre-cell phone, pre-Amazon Prime. <laughs> and what was the I, um, So the day I got the book, I was actually home from work. I didn't have any massage appointments that day. It was my day off. And I read, I read the entire book in like three hours. Whoa. <laughs> That's you how you know it's a good book. book. Yeah, you consumed that. <laughs> yeah. And the book, it's like he has these baby steps, baby steps one through seven, and he breaks them all down, but it's a very inspiring and motivational book about like, what would your life look like if you had no payments? What would your life look like if you understood where your money was coming from and, and how much stress could it take off of your life? Just having control of your finances and I, I grew up with a single mom. She worked really hard. And in the beginning part of my life, I didn't really consider us different than like any other household. But I remember like growing up and probably by like middle school, I kind of realized that we were a little bit different than my friends. And, you know, I had to get my first job when I was 15. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, and I was working at Burger King, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> I was so young that they wouldn't allow me behind the fryer. Like I was only allowed to stay at the <laughs> register. 
<laughs> we won't let you handle hot things, but you can handle the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. So oh. I, I know how to work hard. And I know how to make money by working hard. But I didn't understand how to keep my money. Oh, yeah. Work smart, not harder. Yeah. That's, that's been something I've been living by for the last quite a while. Yeah. Work smart, not harder. Yeah. So I read that book and it was November of 2012. I wrote my first actual budget December of 2012. I, you know, his first baby step is to save a thousand dollars. I did that in one month. And shut up. Thank God it was December and I was working at the day spa and I was getting tips up the yang, up the yin yang. And that's amazing. You know, I saved that in a month. I was like, holy crap. Like I've never, I've never had a thousand dollars in savings before. Like I am on top of the world. This is amazing. <laughs> like I actually have an emergency fund in case something happens. <laughs> so just having that's a like, like, yes, I'm adulting moment. Yes. I totally <laughs> felt like I was adulting. It was so great. I felt, I felt like an adult that's having, awesome. you know, a, like a, a, not a decimal having a, an, it's not an apostrophe either. What is that thing called? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> having a, like those commas. <laughs> I had a comma in my bank account that oh, did not get yeah. lost when I paid a bill. There's a, <gasps> there's a line in a Macklemore song that's just basically like my accountant saw so many, so many commas he couldn't count them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A Macklemore reference. That's awesome. Oh, well, you know me. That's no, that's a moment though, where you're, I mean, I think that there's defining moments in our life and mm. definitely reading the book sounds like it's a defining moment, but I betcha that comma that never went away was the moment where you're like, I'm never going back. Yeah. It was amazing. Well, and tell us like the basic concept of the book. Okay. So the baby steps, baby step one, save a thousand dollars. Most people can do this within like four to six weeks. If you're living off of a budget, um, cutting the crap out of your life, you're being intentional with your spending as well as the money that you're making and bringing in. Baby step two is where all the hard shit lives. Oh. So <laughs> you can be in baby step two for years. Yes. That's oh, me. I was, and I was in gonna baby step, step two for years as well. So baby step two is you go through this process of baby step one of of creating a budget, understanding the income that you have coming in, and then also understanding what all of your expenses are for that month. And his concept is for you to create a zero-based budget. So you have written down all your expenses, all of your debt, and then what is the balance at the end of the month once everything is paid. And your balance at the end of the month is what you can throw at your debt. So you end up listing your debt smallest to largest. So it's more of a mental mindset game than it is an interest game if you're comparing like student loans to credit cards. So if you have like a student loan that's three and a half percent, but you have a credit card that's 24%, the interest rates don't matter. It's what Mm -hmm. is the balance? And the big thing with going by the balance being smallest to largest is your first few months when you tackle those really stupid small debts that are just hanging out in your life and causing clutter you get them out of your life and it is so motivating to keep going it's like the best victory 
our first debt that we paid off was like five hundred and forty dollars, and I was like, "That's pretty small compared to our twenty thousand dollars student loans." <laughs> but it felt so good. And then you've got Headspace, where you're like, "Okay, that's one less bill I have to pay every month." Mm-hmm. That it, the freedom, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, oh, and just man. the satisfaction that you get of being able to like check it off your list. And then also, that's freeing up more money because you don't have that minimum payment anymore, so you can then roll that minimum payment to your next debt. So that's why they call it the debt snowball. You're, you're slowly like kicking things out of your life and then taking that minimum payment and applying it towards the rest. It's genius. And it's like nothing new, right? It's live below your means and then take the extra that you have and save it and, or pay off debt. If you still have debt, like, is this not a duh? Like, why didn't we learn this in personal finance in high school? Because I didn't There's have so personal much. finance in high school. I took personal finance in high school. Too. It was a requirement. Well, yeah. Genevieve and I went to the same high school. And and they don't Ambiguous. even have that class anymore. But I'm like... Which is so sad because I the only... I didn't learn a ton, but I learned enough. But, but there's, there's so many times in my adult life that I'm like, is this not basic adulting information? Like what? It should be. Yeah. Like there's so much basic adulting information that I would have love to have but i think especially before you get into debt because you'll look at debt differently well, I think than no just one, oh, i'll pay it later i think no one really is willing to because of the shame and guilt that's associated with debt to really honestly tell you how it feels to be underneath it mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like shit yeah it's, it's heavy it's really heavy and it limits yes. you it limits oh, what yeah. you can do mm-hmm it changes how you look at money in general. I think that a lot of conversation around limiting belief tends to go towards money. And I think that honestly, truthfully, that starts with debt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Totally. And it happens young. It happens so young. So I, I think that going into debt, I mean, I, I've even I've even helped some girls that I used to coach with cheerleading um, that were babysitting for me pretty heavily. And I remember when they were about 16, 17 years old, I was like, has anybody talked to you about credit card debt? Because really soon you're going to be able to get one and you're going to want to get one. Everyone does. Some people are scared of it, but most people are like, uh, yeah, I want to be able to make big purchases like a big girl. For most people, it's a normal part of their life, right? Again, this is like, it's common. It's really common and accepted in our society to have credit card debt, which is like bonkers to me. I got my first credit card when I was 18, and I was still Same. in high school. Same. 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 Actually, I was barely out of high school. I, I started working at a bank in July after I got gra- I graduated from high school. So it was like pretty quickly. And in some ways, it was good because um, I got an intimate look at what debt can look like mm-hmm. and um, the desperation and the frustration behind it. And there were many times where, um, and in some ways, it gave me, a, 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 I guess you could say, a healthy fear of debt. Um, Because any debt that I do have is actually pretty small, but it still is crippling because Mm -hmm. it's all riddled with anxiety instead of, you you know, and so it it started at a pretty young age because I was able to get a credit card pretty young, too. And Mm -hmm. I don't want that for some of these girls that I, I love and care about that are entering their young adult years. And so I'm I'm like, I recognize I'm not your parent, but... Well, Has anybody talked to you about credit card debt? <laughs> it's so easy too, and I like I'm sure Heather can relate to this as well. But when you've spent most of your life going without, mm-hmm. um, coming from mm-hmm. a home where you just don't, you know, in my home we always had everything we needed. We definitely were not allowed to have everything we wanted. 
Um, and same, you know, there same. were, there were months where like, you know, we were only eating ground beef and we couldn't eat chicken because chicken was too expensive. And we, mom had purchased, you know, I don't know, a million pounds of ground beef from like the gleaners club or whatever, <laughs> you know, we were, we were pinching pennies. Um, my mm-hmm. parents never, ever, they didn't even have a savings account. Um, and had done bankruptcy and all of that. So I came from mm-hmm. a really tough financial environment and, you know, there was no headspace for them to teach me to not do what they were doing because they were just stressed out about trying to figure out how to like move from one day and one month to the next. Mm-hmm. And so when I had money as a teenager, cause I got a job when I was 14 as well. Yeah. Um, Heather and I have a definitely a similar story in that way, but I, um, I spent it all because yeah, me too. Because I you're like been, finally. Well, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you you go without for so long, and I, I we, you know we still have to. My husband and I still have to check ourselves as our income grows. To we're very tempted to kind of level up our living situation mm-hmm. or change things, and it's like no, live like no one else. So later you can live like no one else, yeah. which is what Dave Ramsey always says, and that really resonates with me because. I have to have a moment where I'm like, okay, I've been going out with this, going without from, for this thing with, for five years, you know, I've been going without a new mattress for however long do I really need that? That's the question, right? When you head into those expenses, like, is this absolutely necessary? Yes, it's necessary. Okay. Move on to the next thing. Um, but you know, I, I have a lot more scrutiny around those choices now, but when I was a teenager, if I had saved all that money I made in high school, I made a lot of money in right? high school. Me too. I worked so many times. When I was in high school, I was working twenty to twenty five hours a week. I was working full time and getting tips yeah, that's in a nuts. serving position. That's nuts. I made like maybe just under two grand a month what? as a teenager. See, I'm really glad what? I worked at Burger King and didn't make that much because then <laughs> yeah. I would have just blown it even but more. But if I like, if I'm being, I mean, I blew it. But you know what, man, I bought groceries for my family. Yeah, I brought mm. dinner home. I, it was just I started providing for my family. I took over my own bills. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take me too. over. I paid my own car insurance, my own gas. Yeah, contributed towards cell phone. Mm-hmm. You did, you did more than I did, but I know your story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was it's, like, I gotta be real. Mine's all, not anything like your guys's. Mine's different. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. I but mean, I, you know, all that to say, I think for those of us who've learned this information and plan on having children or we have young people in our lives that we coach and mentor, it's so essential for us to pass this information on mm-hmm. because it should be common sense. It should be common knowledge, but yeah. it's not. Which is well, so- mine's like the opposite spectrum. I, I'm very, 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 very fortunate that I grew up in a household where the provider in the home was an entrepreneur who made a very good living. And mine is kind of the opposite where I I didn't need to do anything. <laughs> I worked in I worked in a nursery field, so I can at least say I worked for something. Like I didn't um but I didn't collect a paycheck because my parents were like, You work in the field every weekend from March to August. Um, every Saturday you work in the field, we'll buy you a car, we'll pay for your school. Mm-hmm. And whereas my friends around me, when they would come work in the field with us, they'd get a paycheck, you know, so stuff like that. And so I, I did have things provided for me, but in a lot of ways it hindered me because by the time I started making money, I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I had no understanding of budgeting. I had no understanding of, I never, I had never gotten an allowance because my parents were the mind of you're going to work for your money, which I did, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm what do you do with it when you get it? Right. Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate question. Well, yes. this is like where financial literacy is an area that we really need to work on with young people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys go to Heather's YouTube channel, Cash Flowing Life. I will link it in the show notes 80 million times. Um, but she's got some great, like really basics, like 
how to set up your budget, how to create a zero-based budget, what the baby steps are, her journey, what she's been there is absolutely awesome. And so. I even share my real numbers. Yeah, so like if you want to be nosy, amazing. I got full-on full number budgets. Transparency, Transparency. to the finest. <laughs> but that's, like, that's the thing that everybody wishes they had because, again, yes. it's something yeah. that allows you to look into that and go, oh, she's just a normal person. Yeah. She's not making a million dollars, and that's how she paid off her debt. Well, and I feel like that's what's so motivating behind it. And to be able to see what someone's income is and see where their money's going and what they're doing, like it offers you insight of areas that you can work on or change in your own life. Mm. Yeah. And to see an average person killing it, not that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm killing killing it. Oh yes. But to see an an average income family (laughs) be able to live below their means and still do really fun things and, you know, Mm -hmm. hit goals. It's really motivating and inspiring. Yeah. You you guys don't live this extravagant lifestyle. No. You know, you, you, but your home is beautiful. But we enjoy our, yeah, yeah. we enjoy our life. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I have to ask, so was your husband like really, on, so you guys were just dating at the time, mm-hmm. but was he on board? Like where, and like who's the spender and who's the saver okay. in your relationship? So Wayne is the natural saver. I'm the spender. I'm the one that okay. needs to totally reel it in. So when I, when I read the book and I was telling him about it, he was like, mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to save money. <laughs> and like, thank you. so I told thank him I'm like, that. "Okay, here is my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. I am going to follow these baby steps. I want to pay off my credit cards and my student loans, and I want to get rid of my debt." And I honestly remember telling him this and like a look of relief was on his face. <laughs> Good thing because I'd like to marry you later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, like I don't get the your right shit woman. Okay. together so that yeah. we can live happily ever after, Aww. and not have money fights and money problems. Mm. So you know, I was I started this journey and I told him I'm like, and it was really just me telling myself this to like really nail it in my head. But I was just like, okay, if there's something that we want to do that costs money, like. I'm on a budget. So if it's something that you really want to do, like just an FYI, you're going to be the one that is ultimately going to have to pay for it, which he freaking loved because he never wants to do anything. <laughs> so <laughs> Wayne but, is a homebody. But he's oh responsible. He is the, the best homebody. I'm a homebody <laughs> also, but you know, I, I am okay with spending money on myself and I'm okay with treating myself. And, you know, I enjoy spending money on things that bring me happiness. But the problem mm-hmm. was I was doing too much of that and I wasn't making enough. So I just mm-hmm. had to, I just had to reel it back a little bit. So starting that journey, um, it really just put into perspective for me the things that I could live without. Mm. And it really exposed habits that I had created that, you know, were becoming a burden to me financially. So I was driving a, a, a 90, a 94 Honda Civic and the heater core went out and Mm. it went out in September. And, you know, I live in the Pacific Northwest. It's really rainy and you know, we were talking about getting the heater core fixed and I told him, I do not want to put a penny 
into this car. I want to get out of debt. I don't want to deal with it. So he obviously didn't want to front the bill for it either. Cause I think it was like $800. It was way more You're like, than that's how much my worth. car. Yeah, I was going to say, this is about how much the car is worth, right? Yeah, exactly. So we didn't fix the heater core and I drove that car for two years. And when it was rainy or when it was cold out, I just would wipe the window off with a squeegee and a towel. Wow. Which sounds very dangerous now that I look back at it. (laughs) I would never let my, my teenager do that, but you know, I was, I was so, I really wanted debt freedom and I didn't want something to hold me back from it. So I was okay driving a piece of crap car. Well, and you were Mm -hmm. committed. I was committed. And your, your foreness loves being anything but ordinary. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. Anything. But I was ordinary. being my authentic, authentic self. <laughs> driving no, <that>. core included. <laughs> wait, Driving. wait. And you're a rebel too. Yeah. I've been four tendencies. Yeah. And one thing I've learned about rebels because my mom's a rebel and I've been determined to try to understand her <laughs> is that rebels have to feel an identity yeah. around something. And I think this was so successful. I'm getting that thousand dollars, that comma that just, you were like, that's never going away that builds into your identity and so this became your identity this became who you are and so it became easier to make those choices even though it sucked and then your identity became your brand oh man that's like some next level shit i was gonna say that is like that is raising the bar this is like this is how like bootstraps and like practical but also creative that you are that you were like here's my journey other people need to hear this information I'm going to go make something of it. And it also triggers my self-absorbed four. (laughs) (laughs) Look what I did. (laughs) Although how many times have I tried to get my mom to do that? Something like that because she's an amazing artist. And I'm like, there is so much that could be done in that space, but it just takes an identity shift. So it's like, I love that you took your identity Mm -hmm. shift and like did more with it. That Mm -hmm. would be beneficial to other people and it would also be brand building for yourself. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what are like what are some things you had to give up? Like what were some mm-hmm. of the things that you're like, okay, this has got to go to like really get debt free? I had to give up Starbucks. I had to drink coffee at home. Okay. I, uh, in my car, I wrote myself a little post-it note that said, you do not have to go to Target. <laughs> you Target. do not need coffee. Mm-hmm. Another trigger was Cost Plus World Market. I freaking love oh, that gosh. place. And we had, you know, a, a, a new townhome. I mean, we had lived there for maybe a year or two years once I started this journey. So, of course, I wanted to furnish my house. So, home decor yeah. was like a huge home goods. thing for me. Oh, my gosh. So, I wrote my, I wrote this post-it note in my car and then I reminded myself how much debt I had. And paying off my debt was more important than spending an hour wasting time at Target and ending up walking out with a bill of $100, $150 mm-hmm. on shit I didn't need. Mm-hmm. What was the hardest part about your debt-free journey, do you think? The hardest part, it took me um, about 22 months to get out of debt. And at that point I wasn't really, I still wasn't making very much. I was making probably between 20 to 25,000 a year between, you know, building my private massage practice and working at a day spa. So it was like the longevity was kind of hard. And 
you know, for the first year I was really pumped up for it because I was making changes and, you know, I was changing my lifestyle, changing my habits. So to me, that was fun because it was personal development. But after the first year, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, is this a marathon over? So Mm -hmm. I was talking with, um, with Wayne, my, my boyfriend, now husband. And I was just like, you know what? I feel like I need to treat myself. I need, I need just a little bit of a break because I was feeling burnt out of just like working, 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 and then throwing all of that money to debt and not really enjoying it. So I did learn to, you know, give myself, um, some rewards. And one reward of that was, was taking a road trip. So we took a road trip from, um, the Portland, Oregon area, and we drove to Moab. Utah. Yeah. So we spent a week there and it was a really low cost trip. Like driving's not fun, but it saves a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up staying at a hostel where we got our own cabin. So that was very interesting for my husband to experience because he is not a super social person, but wait, what Enneagram type is he? He's a six. Oh, I think he's a six with a five wing. Six, five. Yeah, I think so. So he would be, he would never do that. Yeah. He was like, I'm not rooming with other people, but if we can get a cabin that we sleep in on our own, but we share a kitchen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Um, so we took that trip and you know, it did help rejuvenate me and it helped me realize that, okay, if I get over this, like this last $9,000, we could do this more often. Mm. So it helped me realize what my life could be like once I, once I got all of the debt out. And then you started to, like, as your friend, I got to see you dream about, like, the other places you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And it really opened up a lot of that for you. Being yeah. Like, okay, when this $9,000 is done, this is the trip we're going to take. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I that I allowed myself to do as a reward was, I that's when I started CrossFit. So I told myself, if I am not going to be spending all this excess money, I... I can do CrossFit because it offers me multiple things. It offers me community that's kind of free. I'm paying, you know, from the membership, but the friendships that I made at that gym were freaking amazing. And then it allowed me to work out and use that time that, you know, I could be shopping online or something, use that time towards my health and community. Totally different lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. So, and then I believe, I feel like doing CrossFit also, Helped me with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Not structure. What's the word I'm looking for? Like discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So CrossFit created discipline for me in ways that I had never really thought of. And I was able to carry that discipline from like the workout and the nutrition to more discipline within my life. Mm. And I kind of rolled that over into my finances as well. There's a ton of research out there that suggests that people who are able to maintain difficult habits or habits that get bored or mundane over time, the people who are physically fit are much more mentally fit Mm -hmm. to be able to deal with those challenges along the way. That's so interesting. I've been thinking about that kind of concept because of what I've been doing the last few weeks. And there, there is a modicum of like brain exercise that goes into, I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to keep doing this because I know what I want, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's almost like a brain exercise that has a physical result. Whereas with being money 
fit, I guess you could say, um, is a little more out there. There's no, there can be a physical representation of it, but. But both involve getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And being different. Yeah, and consistently. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So true. I love that. Oh my gosh, I I have to ask. I love that. Was there ever times where you had to say no to something that you really didn't want to say no to because it involved other people and other friends? Or was that difficult for you? Not really. Most of my friends were from my CrossFit gym. I think the biggest thing I had to say no to was doing competitions. And then mm-hmm. I just became the person in the gym that didn't do competitions, so everyone stopped asking me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is probably good for you anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a competitive person. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And then also, like, I had some some rela- some friendships and dynamics change because, you know, we had some friends that they would go out every weekend. Mm-hmm. They'd go out to eat, and they would always invite us. And, you know, I would set parameters with them, like, hey, look, like, these are my goals. This is what I'm trying to do. Like, it just doesn't really fit in right now. We can't go out to dinner with you, but you can come over to our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, some friends are totally okay with that. And, you know, there were people while I was on my debt-free journey that didn't get it, or they saw that as, you know, judgment because I was doing something mm-hmm. different than they were. Or, you mm-hmm. know, maybe they they felt ashamed of, like, their own finances or and not getting I was just going to say under- that speaks... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not getting their own them, finances under control and not having that discipline around it. So I definitely had some some f- relationships that changed mm-hmm. during my debt-free journey. But honestly, like, I met someone. I met Cassie, and we connected almost right away once we started hanging out in person, and I shared my story. So it, it definitely brought um, some really badass people into my life. Well, and it, it brought us to a level of vulnerability that's not very likely with our like personality types coming together because we mm. just both had a really similar story when it came to like our money mindset and what we grew up with. And then we got to tell so much more about like our childhood and how we are the way we are. And mm. it was so such a cool thing. I think I think this money thing, talking about it more can really open up a level of vulnerability in your relationships that... Um, maybe you wouldn't expect because um, it feels mm-hmm. it feels analytical. It feels, you know, it's numbers based, but it's not. It's all based on feeling because if mm-hmm. I'm being super honest, my debt came into my life at a time where I was very unhappy. I was looking for mm-hmm. some happiness. And guess what? My credit card debt did not create that for me. <laughs> but, no, I think even school debt's like that. You're looking like, for more. Yeah. Or, or you like, feel trapped yeah. in your job because you have yeah. this these pile of student loans. Yep. That maybe you're not even happy with, with what you're doing with that degree. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're not doing anything with that degree. And then yeah. you have, mm-hmm. you know, this this payment of shame that you have to pay every month. It's like payment reminding of shame. you of like what you didn't that. get done. It feels done. like a shameful payment. Oh, it does. To, we're working hard on a mountain of student loans right now. Um, and it felt really good to like be done with the consumer debt. And mm-hmm. we had um, some, we had like 30 K in consumer debt. It was not a small amount. Um, but when we headed toward the student loans, that was something that I felt a lot of accomplishment around to like start chipping away at that. But man, I look at that chunk every day and I think to myself, you didn't have to have this to become an educated person. Yeah. You know what's the worst part is when you know that and you're at the end of your degree and you're not quite done. And you know it's coming and you're like, ah, the best, the best part is that I ended up 
doing the nutritional therapy program, which is like less than $5,000, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I could Such have literally value. come out straight out of high school, done that program and went into my business and bypassed all of college, which I would not trade, by the way. It was an incredible experience. It shaped me as a human being in those younger years, for sure. It taught me, it taught me discipline. It taught me hard work in a different way. Um, and I got a lot of community from that experience too, because I went to a small liberal arts college. But guess what that means? That means lots of money. Mm-hmm. Lots I, of money. I didn't have a lot of student loans because um, because I didn't uh, because I didn't have money coming into the school. And then my husband and I got married one year in, and so we got great financial aid, and I got lots of scholarships for being a good student. Uh, but still, you know, with even my situation, walking away with a debt load of like 30K in student loans from, from undergrad, and then I accumulated a little bit in grad school, but not much at all. Um, but then my husband accumulated some in graduate school. So it was just, you know, you like, it just, it just, it's a mountain and just keeps piling up. And then you literally are like, okay, well, what now? And if you don't end up stri- like straight with a job in your field, then you're screwed. And I basically got to this point where, um, you know, I, I was like, okay, I'm, it's 2008. It was, it was like everything. There were no jobs in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, what now? Like, I, I got to go to grad school. I went straight to grad school and made that mistake for me personally because I needed to make a move and there was no way I was going to make the kind of money I needed. So I needed to defer my student loans. Yeah. So you went back for more. Yeah. That was yep. dumb. Well, that's what a lot of people do. Okay. I do. I do have a question. So what are, this is kind of jumping forward a little bit, but what, what tools have you found to be um, beneficial on this journey? Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is a website called debtfreecharts.com Ooh. where it's just, it's basically just a piece of paper that you print out and it has lines on it. There's no numbers, but you can basically use that chart and, you know, just as an example, one line on that chart could be like $500. So you can total out your uh, zero to whatever, you know, your total debt is, or maybe you just have a credit card that you want to pay off and just like filling in that line when you like make a payment or hit like a a debt-free payoff marker is so freaking satisfying. So mm-hmm. I use the the debt-free charts to help me track um, my different forms of, of debt. So I printed one out for like every uh, credit card I had. And then my student loans were broken up into um, a few different ones. So I had a chart for, for each one. So the satisfaction of like filling in that line and just seeing that that rise and like you're like oh man I got five lines left like this is gonna be gone like in doing two it. months <laughs> it's really exciting and then there are some cool. tool, some different tools that we're using now um, because our only debt is our home and okay, I really say, say that say that again our only debt is our home our mortgage <gasps> that's <sounds> amazing. <laughs> She just wanted to hear it again. I'm like, just, just one more time. Just she didn't more time. say that because she couldn't hear you. Yeah. I just wanted to hear it one more time. That's just, that it's is so beautiful. Yes. And it's a new home. Like, can you tell us a second? Tell us a second what that process was like. The rest of like. that journey? Yes. 
So I got out of debt in 2014. It was October. I think so it was 22 months. You said? Yeah, about 22 months. That's that's I, incredible too. I can't remember the date. Me. I want to say the 12th. I don't know. <laughs> um, my Facebook always reminds me because it does like the the time hop, mm, and I'm yep. like, oh, and I did my debt free announcement on Facebook, and I was like, oh, that was a good day. I remember that. So it's kind of an anniversary and it gets exciting when October rolls around so I can see that post pop back up. But, you know, I, I paid that off in 2014. Um, Wayne was already debt free and he was already a natural saver. So he had a a really good chunk of, of money saved up for that. And from 2014 to 2016, we knew we wanted to move. There were some instances where we couldn't move just yet. We had some issues with um, our townhome was under litigation with the homeowners association. Oh, during that process, it was like a big bummer that we couldn't move when we wanted to. But looking back, like it was supposed to happen for a reason. And I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. But I'm just like, I'm so glad instance. that we could not sell our townhome in 2015 because now we're here. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. good, good can come from it. Yes, right? definitely. So it made us wait and it made us uh, really sit down and think about what we truly wanted our life to look like. And at that point, we were um, we got engaged in 2015 and married in 2016. And, you know, it created this time where we were able to sit together and figure out, like, what are our goals? What do we want our life to look like moving forward as a married couple? And of course, like we were both on board with combining our finances. And I highly recommend if you are married and your finances aren't combined, really consider it. It creates so much power within your marriage and you work together and you, you you're like working together towards one goal yeah. of financial freedom. And what's the biggest thing that married people, that married couples argue about? Money. money and the money. stress of money oh so much yeah so you know we were we were on that on that trend and I mean I'm going to be really transparent here on this podcast and I'm not saying this to sound braggy but you know he was saving for a really long time he would he was saving from like 2012 all the way through my debt-free journey and through 2016 and with what he had saved and what we sold our townhome for, we um, we had a hundred thousand dollars to put down on our new house. That's incredible. In cash. That's like hell yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. What? And it's I it's really hard for me to realize that we did that. But how much more was like, manageable is that payment? It's it's only a hundred dollars more than our townhome was. When you're considering wow. and how much our, you our, leveled up in your home. And it's a new house. Like you, oh my gosh. yeah, we you, built it. Yeah. We, yeah, we put an offer on it before they broke the ground for the foundation. Oh my word. That is some next level adulting. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I get asked a lot, like how we did it, how we built our house and you know, our, I feel like our story is, is, a, is very different than what most people end up going through. And I actually shared this on my, on my cash flowing life Instagram 
a week ago, someone asked me what my process was with building our new house. And, you know, we went into that having um, $65,000 in cash in our savings account. And we walked into that mortgage office and they have you fill out um, a liability sheet and they, you know, pass it to us at the table. And then we passed it right back. And we're like, we don't have any debt. And they're just like, they were like, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Like we were like a magical unicorn in their office. They didn't get it. And they're like, you don't have any credit cards. I'm like, no, like no car payments. No, we don't have anything. And, um, we knew what we, we knew what we wanted our mortgage to be because we knew that we were going to be coming into this life transition because my husband wasn't happy with the career he was in. So I knew that there was going to be a change happening. You know, we're, oh, yeah. we're, oh yeah. Can we add that in there? Your husband had a career change and quite yeah. frankly, you had a massive shift in your change in that time too, mm-hmm. with your business life. And you guys still, still stayed on track. Yeah. Like you guys could plan for it. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. And you know, with just getting married, we knew that we were going to start a family down the road. So I'm like, okay, whether you end up changing careers or you stay in your career and I get pregnant and what if I want to stay home? Like I want to have those options. So we kept our mortgage really low and we knew that going into it like years before. So we're like, what do we want our mortgage to be? What is comfortable for us? What is the house? What is the type of house that we're looking at? And what do, what kind of difference do we need to make up in order to have the mortgage that we want? And we had to have a hundred thousand dollars down, which so was thirty three percent of the loan that we took out. That's amazing. Ooh, that just... And it all just comes from working the baby steps, living below your means, and saving money. Mm-hmm. There is, so from there's nothing like start? magic behind this. We were making yeah. probably, we didn't combine our income because we weren't married yet, but together we were probably making eighty dollars to $90,000 a year pre-tax. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty normal for most married, married couples. It is. It is. Yeah. So what year did this start for you and when did you buy your house? We bought our house in uh, 2016. So we signed the paperwork February 2016. We so moved in four July. Years. So four years from the time you started. Mm-hmm. That's totally doable. 100%. Well, and, and they already owned they already owned their townhome before that. Yeah. So we made about $35,000 from the sale of our townhome, mm-hmm. which helped, you know, with the other down payment. But we had our 20% down payment in our savings. Mm-hmm. So our our mortgage lender, he was actually trying to talk us into keeping our townhome to, to rent it out as a rental property. And I'm like, I want to get the hell out of this neighborhood. No way. I don't want a rental property. Like to me as self-employed entrepreneur, that's liability. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want that liability every month. Like Mm -hmm. however much debt I have or the payments that I have, I look at it as liability every month. My cell phone bill is liability. Oh my gosh. But they won't let you pay it ahead. No, they won't. Isn't that irritating? Well, they won't. And these days they won't they won't let you pay for your phone in full no isn't that that makes me so mad that that. the first time we did that was i guess it'll be it's been a year and a half and so it was like right when that transition started and i just was like so you're telling me that my bill every month has to be this and there are no other choices Mm -hmm. it's hidden debt 
Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I was actually just so talking bad. about this like a month ago. So I had an installment plan on our cell phone bill for my iPhone that I got a year and a half ago. And I totally forgot about it until I actually went into my bill. Cause who gets paper billing anymore? We all just pay online. I and I was mm-hmm. just like, I was looking at our bill. I'm like, why is our cell phone bill $190 a month? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, because I have a $40 installment plan. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I need to pay this off. How much do I have left? I still had like $350 left to pay off. I'm like, I am yeah. getting this shit out of my life. I'm transferring money out of savings. I'm just paying my phone off. I don't want to be in debt for anything. Yeah. Especially yeah. once you've gotten a this taste. This is like sneaky debt for the debt-free expert, which oh, I man. just love. So sneaky. Oh, so sneaky. But it just goes to show like they're trying to like pull the wool over your eyes in every single facet of life and get you to spend more money and go into deeper debt. And it's like, you really have to have a real clear vision. You have to be super motivated Mm -hmm. um, and know what you want to be able to say no to that kind of stuff or figure out a way around it. It's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I would love to like wrap it up with just sharing about what's kept you motivated like what kept you motivated uh, you know other than taking a break and just getting some um like a respite and and having a fun trip but aside from that like what's kept you motivated through that process and then you guys are taking some steps to like really pay off your house really quickly mm-hmm. um what's kept you motivated there too freedom yeah just freedom to do whatever i want whatever we want Um, this is a big part of where beauty counter came into me two years ago because I was working my massage practice and I was working still a lot. And I realized I, I still wasn't doing the things that I wanted every day, which was just to be home, be a good wife, take care of my house. And at that point, my husband left his job, um, that he was at for 11 years and he started an electrical apprenticeship program and electricians, they make a lot of money, but you have to be an apprentice for five years. Yeah. It kind of sucks in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you start out making $14 an hour, which I'm just like, Oh, great spare change, hon. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Like I'm going to have to make this up somehow. And I was not willing to add more clients to my workload because I was already working so much. Yeah. You cannot break your back. No. So my, my big why with, with getting out of debt and with beauty counter was to have more freedom in my time and be able to make money that wasn't using my hands because I was just, I was at a point where I was, I've been doing it for nine years and I'm like, I'm really happy happy seeing three clients a day. I don't want to see more than that. And I'm tired of working four days a week. I would love to work three days a week. Um, So the freedom of not having extra bills weighing me down Mm. was the really big part. And, you know, we are working on paying off our house, which is if you're going through the baby steps, you know, we've talked about baby step one and two, there is a baby step three where you save a three to six month emergency fund, um, of your monthly expenses. And then baby steps, uh, four or five and six, you do simultaneously. So baby steps four is like saving for a kid's college. We don't have any kids yet, so we're not doing that. Baby step, um, oh wait, baby step four is, putting 15% of your income into retirement, 
we're not quite doing that right now, but we will be later. Um, and then baby step five is um, contributing towards your kid's college, which we don't have any kids yet, so we're not doing that, that yet. And then baby step six is paying off your house. And you Ooh. don't have to be as intense as you are with baby step two when you're paying off your debt, but you just have to be intentional with your money and decide what kind of lifestyle you want to be living right now while you're still working at paying off you know, your house. And to me, I freaking love our house. And, you know, I, I freely spend money on things that I enjoy in my life. So there is still that balance, but we, we want to have our house paid off in five years. And right now with me running the numbers of what I bring in every month and what my husband's bringing in right now with his apprenticeship program, it's not doable based on what our income is right now. But as he, um, finishes his apprenticeship program and journeys out. And then as like with beauty counter, I have the possibility of increasing my income substantially. I would never be able to do that with massage. The income earning potential with beauty counter is bonkers. Like to learn for all of us to learn what our, um, our mentors and our leaders are making. Oh my gosh. I can't even. It's amazing. And the mm-hmm. level of like freedom and autonomy that you have in that job is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Like this is not a PSA for beauty counter, you guys, but get it's in, like- get in a side hustle that you can like turn into something that monetizes in such a great way. Like this, the, and the flip side for me with beauty counter is that we had already, we were making such little money that we had already put our expenses as far down as they could possibly Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. as far as possible. So the only other option for us to pay off debt was to get a bigger shovel. Mm -hmm. We had to get a bigger shovel. And for me, like that's what beauty counter had to be. It had to be the bigger shovel Mm -hmm. and a a respite from me trading time for dollars in my, in my client practice. Totally. It was the exact same thing. And so like for me, like I'm being working in the restaurant industry and being a server I'm all about having a shovel that you can, you want to work more, you can make more. Yeah. Like, I think that's great. Yeah. But whenever you can get into a position where you can work smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quality of life. <clears throat> yeah. It's amazing. And that was the big transition that I had to like come to, to realize was, you know, beauty counter was a side hustle for like a year and a half. And then I realized like, you know, my income income kept going up and I was doing the same amount of work towards beauty counter, but I was making more. And, um, over the summer, just these last six months in, you know, summer of 2018, I kind of stepped back and I'm like, wow, um, I could leave my massage office, see clients in my home and work less, but make the same And that was, you know, another layer of freedom that it provided me and. But you couldn't have made that decision unless you were debt free. No, like being debt free is what allowed you that autonomy to say, this is how I want to live out my days. And if you don't know what your income is and if you don't know what your expenses are, Mm -hmm. you don't know what kind of freedom is possible. Mm. So you have to write the numbers down and. You know, the biggest tool that you need when you're starting this journey is you need a budget. Yes. Whether that's a a pen and paper, whether that's an Excel spreadsheet, or whether you're paying for a service like Dave Ramsey has a great one called Every Dollar. There's a free version. There's a there's a paid version. Um, But you need to figure out 
where your money is coming in at and how much it is and what's going out. I love yeah. every dollar. I love it. That's what we use. Because mm-hmm. you can drag and drop your expenses into your categories mm-hmm. and then track if they are matching up with like what you budgeted for that. And you mm-hmm. can see when you don't have a... Because I'm I, the cash envelope system is something that people also use in the debt yeah, yeah. community. Um, and we used to do everything via the card except for things that we always overspend on, mm-hmm. which was groceries. We overspend a lot. Yeah, gro- <laughs> right? Groceries, we always overspent on groceries because, uh, uh, again, this is like a layer with the food, mm-hmm. the, our food system and health and nutrition. Like, once you know, you cannot know. So I was like, I had gotten our food budget down as far as we possibly could. Um, and people were amazed at how little we were spending on food and still eating the way we were. I was like, girl, Winco, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, discount grocery stores um, and shopping everywhere. Yeah. But that whole process, like just being able to see with your cash system, when you're out of cash, you're out. Like you just yep. got to make it work with what you have. Yep. Um, and then, you know, other things were like, uh, spending money, like, yep. you know, like your hundred dollar spending yep, your money, personal money. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's amazing. So I love to hear that you are out of debt except for your home, but you still budget. Oh, we have to. You have to. We have to. But this goes to show, like, even people, like, if you look at the habits of even millionaires, we were just talking about this in our mastermind today, Mm -hmm. like, they live simply and they keep track. They know where their money is going Mm -hmm. and they know where it's coming from. There's a lot of power when you know what's going out and how to control it. Some of the most wealthy people people I know are the most unassuming. Oh, yeah. Like, you would never... And they're, they know, like you said, they know exactly what's coming in. They know exactly what's coming out. They know where their priorities lie. And it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to be Mm -hmm. around people that are really wealthy, but you would never know it. Yeah. (laughs) On top of the book, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, which is, which is what, um, all, where all the baby steps lie. There's a great book called The Millionaire Next Door written by Tom Stanley or Thomas Stanley. And he breaks down the actual numbers and how millionaires actually look in real life. Like millionaires aren't driving Mercedes and Lexuses. They're driving cars that are a few years old and they're paying Mm -hmm. cash for them. And, you know, they don't use their credit card to rack up their American airline travel miles and, you know, they, the jeans that they wear cost $30. I know. One of the most wealthy people I know recently just moved to, I want to say it was Singapore. It was the, because his wife is from Asia. But second of all, the quality of life is good for how cheap the living is. And he could live anywhere mm-hmm. and still do his job. And, you know, he's got four kids. And we were like, holy crap, you're moving out of the United States. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, the quality of life will be even better over there. You know, he knew exactly how much he wanted to spend and what mm-hmm. the quality of life would be like. Like he'd done all the research to understanding what he could get for his dollar. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how many of us actually think about what we get for our dollar here? Oh, like never, you know, <laughs> right? Never until you realize, wow, do I really oh. need to spend five dollars on a latte today? That is yeah. honestly, that's one of the first things to go for a lot of people mm-hmm. is the five dollar latte from Starbucks. And the truth is, for me, there was just not as much satisfaction in getting that from home. But it was also about community. Like, I thrive in places of community. And I like going to, like, bustling and busy places. Mm -hmm. So, man, like, 
you know, you can switch to like getting a hot tea, which is like a dollar fifty or, or something. Or a drip coffee for a dollar ninety five. Exactly. See, or, or yeah. an Americano. Like I switched to an Americano instead of getting the fancy pumpkin spice whatever, which is. Or funny. you can get the really cheap drink and then do the rewards program and then treat yourself. <laughs> um, Loopholes. Right. Give me those. Can you stamp my card, please? Um, it's so funny. Like during those beginning stages of our debt free journey. We lived on making sure we had punch cards to every coffee oh, yes. shop that we went to. Yeah. Oh, so funny. But anyways, I think I think that's one of those things that we just, you know, you don't realize where things can add up if you, unless you're looking. Mm-hmm. And lattes, coffee, um, you know, just the little things that we buy every single day, those are the things that add up. Mm-hmm. The big ones that hit us in the wallet hard, you know, the bills, the larger purchases, we pay attention to that stuff because we have to. Mm-hmm. But it's the tiny ones that add up day in and it's day out. It's the daily habits that you yep. you don't realize you have. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really interesting piece of this, too. And I think it all kind of comes full circle is when you take the time to become financially fit, you often are improving your health in that process too because of how you're making your choices. So you know how everyone's doing like the 10-year challenge right now? I look back to a photo of 10 years ago to one now and I'm like, man, my face was a lot fatter back then. (laughs) What she means to say is she's become a lot healthier. (laughs) Don't do any fat shaming on this podcast. What? You know, you know, you could be whatever weight you are. I was just making a visual. Yeah, you're you know, just teasing you. you know. Oh, yeah. for me, like it was inflammation. Let me tell you, my oh, face was oh, yes. because I was just for sure like, with I me did, too. Right. So yeah. it's so, and I think that for me, with financially fit for me, also means that the intentionality behind it is super important because I'm the kind of person that I can't not treat myself to something that's really small every once in a while because it bogs me down so i i could never be the kind of person that just like eats beans and rice oh, and no. boiled chicken no. like just because it's cheaper like i'm just not like that yeah, like, well, just... and honestly from like a nutrition perspective when he shares that he's like oh, just I beans and it. rice rice and beans i was like i would be an awful human being if that's all i ate <laughs> yeah right i'd be I'm just like... angry i'd be farting all the time oh man <laughs> You'd just be spending more money because then you'd have to go buy GasX. Right? Oh, my yeah, gosh. Totally. Or visiting the doctor. Getting, I mean, like, well, exactly. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, I'm going to challenge you, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Hope you hear this I'm, one day. I'm coming at you. You, you have to ATP be, coming. Yeah. Well, you have to be mindful of your health. And and yeah. when you're well, like everybody, you know, talks about how, you know, like the, the mental fitness and the financial fitness that can come from being physically fit. Well, part of being physically fit is, is having your nutrition in check and taking good care mm-hmm. of yourself. And we all know that prevention is worth like, you know, every ounce of cure. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's just like you have to put in that effort to prevent and take care of yourself. Yeah. And so for us, like our grocery budget was still pretty big for how small, you know, mm-hmm. how much we could whittle it down. But Yeah, but I think it just boils down to looking at where your money is, where your money is going and Mm -hmm. looking at the categories that you're, you feel okay with sacrificing in. So if you want your grocery budget to be, you know, a little bit more, I feel like we have a, we have a really hard time keeping our grocery budget down to below $500 a month. And we're only two people. Yeah, no, and for we real. buy a cow share every year. So I'm just yeah. like, man, we spend a lot of money on groceries for just just two adults. But I'm not going to sacrifice 
the quality of my food or, you know, if I just want something different for dinner and I have to go to the store, I'm okay with doing that. And I still even did that when I was getting out of debt. Um, but you just have to sit down and, and ask yourself, what am I okay with sacrificing and what am I okay with spending a little bit more on? And I think yeah. that that, like, with being on YouTube and, you know, there is this, uh, this debt-free community on YouTube and Instagram, I think that the where the problem lies within this community is, you know, a lot of people are on there being transparent with their numbers and their budget. And, you know, comparison happens. And it happens mm. to me, too. And... Mm. You know, it's supposed to be a community that is motivating and it usually is, but you know, I fall into that comparison trap of like, gosh, why is our grocery budget so much? Like why it's they're eating garbage. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, I'll I'll start comparing to myself. I'm like, oh man, like this person put two thousand dollars to their mortgage. We were only able to do like eight eight hundred extra this month. It's like, oh man, I wish we could do more. But you have to like sit in your own truth and sit in your own reality and realize like, what can I do right now Mm. to make my life better and just improve our, our financials? Always be working on it. I mean, for real, I have to be real. I mean, we have two kids and both of them had some pretty specific food needs. Our food budget is more than our rent by a long shot. Yeah. Like, and we have done everything we can to dial in their nutrition and figure out where we can save the money. But we've had so many conversations where we're frustrated at this or that with our finances, but I'm very fortunate that my husband is on board and is like, well, we're not compromising on the quality. That means too much. And, uh, it's really easy to be, I mean, for the longest time we only had one car Mm -hmm. and it was, and it sucked. Yeah. I remember (laughs) that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sucked. And could we have kept doing it to be able to have more financial freedom? Yes. But my goodness, did I want a car. <laughs> <laughs> but you went without for a really long time and got to experience. And you were able to have room in your budget to put towards other things or save or whatever it is. And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about, yeah. you know, we're, we're not encouraged to go without very much in our culture. There's mm-hmm, a lot yeah. of like the the treat yourself, you deserve it, blah, blah, blah. And my thing that I wrote down on a sticky note and put in my car and on my mirror and everywhere I looked every single day was all over my house. And it was, you deserve to be debt free. Yeah. Mm. Everyone deserves Mm -hmm. this information. And that was like the big reason why I started cash flowing life. Mm -hmm. Because back in, I actually started it when I was in baby step three of like saving money. Um, because like the shame part of having debt had kind of gone away, but I hadn't really realized that there was this community of people out on YouTube. Um, I don't even know how I found it. I have no idea, but you know, I remember feeling inspired by people sharing their budgets and, um, how they were spending their money. I was just like, you know what? Like people need to know about this. I want to start a channel and Social media wasn't really like Facebook was a thing, but Instagram wasn't a thing. And I didn't have other people in my life that I could freely share this information with because it's taboo to talk about your finances and money. So I created this secret YouTube channel for a really (laughs) long time. And, you know, I just shared my monthly budget on there and like a budget report, like who, who puts their, their income out there? 
for strangers to see. And people I that are very kind of forward thinking. People in the debt free community. Right. It's very exactly. Normal. But it's like I said before, it's so it's so motivating to see someone who has an average income yeah. for two people yes. who um who can make it happen, who yeah. can do it. Because that's I mean, you paid off a lot of debt in a short period of time. I paid a lot off a lot of debt for how small my personal income yeah, was. It's huge. That, yeah. that is yeah, so you made twenty five thousand a year. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, twenty to twenty five. And that's how much debt you And that's how much debt I had. And I paid off in two years. Wow. Did you my mind is blown. Did you increase your income during that time? My income did increase because my massage practice kept growing kept growing. Mm. Um but I think starting out I was at at about twenty in two thousand twelve. Maybe in two thousand fourteen, maybe I hit like thirty or thirty five. Mm-hmm. And I would have to go back. But it did oh, increase. Girl, and I'm then, gonna slow clap for you. And then the <laughs> <laughs> And then so uh, the year we moved into our house was actually my highest income year. Um, so that, you know, that was really helpful. But now I'm like, you know, with all the changes that have happened with our life with my husband starting his apprenticeship program and then me basically changing my business, our finances are way different. And one thing that I've noticed um working from a budget when we've had months where we didn't necessarily have a scarcity of money, but I, but I realized I couldn't do everything that I wanted because I felt restricted by the lack of income that was coming in. That's when I kind of started to, to have kind of like a negative mindset about it. And I didn't want to share it. And I was less motivated to do a a budget every month. And, you know, we would just start spending and, and, you know, using our debit card more and not communicating. And then, you know, I kind of realized that it was starting to become a problem. So for a while we weren't doing a budget and things were just kind of getting a little bit stressful and our communication was off and we would like nitpick with each other. And I realized it was because we weren't monitoring our finances and we were having arguments that would pop up that, that wouldn't, that shouldn't be coming up if we were communicating about money. So, you know, we would sit down before the beginning of the month and be like, okay, we need to like get back under control. We need to stop spending so much money on Home Depot. <laughs> granted, so it happens after you move into a home. Granted, we had a brand new house, but we had no yard. And now we have a banging yard. But <laughs> yeah, not going to lie. Your yard's beautiful. There was a lot of money spent at the nursery and at Home Depot. So, you know, realizing that we would have these like these stressors or like these roadblocks come up. It's like we need to start paying attention more. And I feel like the more I pay attention to where my money is going, the more freedom I feel like I have because I have control Mm. and I can make the decisions that are best for our household that month. And, you know, we can look at where our money is going and what's coming in and like, okay, well, I want $200 of personal money this month. Great. And I'm going to take it (laughs) and I'm going to go to Target and I'm going to spend within my budget. Oh my gosh, Target, the, the place where your money goes to die. You can get some good stuff there, but listen, it is. But listen. Yeah, the, the hearth and hand line can pretty oh, much take all my money. You got to stay in the zone, stick to your list. <laughs> you got to move or you like uh, circumvent the hearth and hand, which you have to walk through if you're going to oh walk gosh. through the There's store. a reason why they put it in the middle. Oh, man. Dude, my hearth and hand is in like the back corner of the store. I have to go out of my way to Perfect. find it. Perfect. Maybe I just need to go to the to your your target location. Except for all the clothing's in the beginning. That's where my problem is. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, um, 
I think, goodness, like we could probably talk about this for another two hours. <laughs> I got so like, many more questions. I'm just not going to be on an episode. No, I think, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't apologize around here for our lack of brevity. Something we've Nuh-uh. learned. We've We're learned open about our lack of brevity. Yeah, it's, you know, they, they all know what to expect. Love you guys. <laughs> but um, let's, I think we'll just have to plan on bringing you back on and doing another episode and sharing about this. But I think... Um, you know, my all call to everybody is to go find Heather and um, follow her work. And Heather, tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Instagram and YouTube under Cash Flowing Life. And I also have an Etsy shop called Cash Flowing Life that's as new. well. Yeah. That's yeah. new, right? So tell us about the handle. What's, in, what's in your Etsy shop. So in my Etsy shop, I have some budgets that are available as an as a Excel download. So the budget template is all set up for you. All the categories are there. You have all of the income. You have all of the outgo. It all balances out. It's beautiful. They are really beautiful budgets. Um, and the issue that I found on just online in general, when people have budgets available for purchase, they're so ugly. <laughs> so Heather is Heather is in this space where like she probably should have been a graphic designer in another life. I did. Oh my god. She does all of, she does all of her own design work for her it's just website. Beautiful and all branding. Of that. So I'm really excited to see where where everything goes this year. But I know she's got a lot of motivating content on YouTube for you guys. She shares like her daily tips and the things that she does to stay on track and stay on a budget. Um, and like move through her journey in her Instagram stories. It's a really good place to follow along and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I love learning from her there and just watching her um, cute, cute animals. She, got a, <laughs> she has a cat named Cassie, so you know I love that. I'm always at her house and she's like, Cassie, stop doing that. And I'm like, and you're like I'm so what? sorry, what did I do? <laughs> and then sweet, sweet little Dakota. I am a puppy. Dakota puppy. My seven-year-old puppy. Yeah. So, Aww. yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having Appreciate me. You. It was so fun. Thanks, girl. Yay. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. So... The symptoms just At least it's mild. Are you being facetious or is it really mild? It's mild. Um, but <laughs> oh, it's, that's good at least. It's... Uh, see, I did it. I went and said it. See, me. I did it. <laughs> she, she's, she always says when she gets around comfortable around her friends, she says it. She's like, ah. Oh. We haven't had this much editing for you in a while. <laughs> uh, I feel like we have. Okay, fine. So it's not really it's not really her problem, it's my problem. So I'm gonna figure it out. And I was like, I don't need to say anything to her until about 10, 15 minutes before we record and say, by the way, we need to record part two again. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is that oh, gosh, you gosh. had like a conversation with yourself over Voxer to I me. Did. And because I, I wasn't able to answer you, and then at the end you were like, fuck, never mind. <laughs> I yeah. got it, I found it. Like, I was like, I recognize that I just sounded incredibly schizophrenic, but figured it out because I was just kind of panicking and then as soon as I said something less than two minutes later after two days of looking I found it yeah you were panicking I was absolutely panicking I did not want to record part two again I really liked what we already did well ain't nobody had time for that 
Exactly. Nobody we already had the schedule set up and anyway. So you better believe I labeled this one really, really clearly. <laughs> if I can explain that right. Mm -hmm. It was just a really enjoyable shopping experience. And my mom was like, see. Ooh, ooh, before we start, I have to show you. Hold on. <laughs> this is how it goes if you're wondering what it's like to podcast with Genevieve. Also, she's usually wearing like glitter or sparkles or something fancy. I was going to say, your pants are very surprising based on what your sweatshirt is. He would get kind of fluffy before he would lose weight, you know? That hasn't happened this time around. And he was just like, who knew dairy caused so many problems? And I'm like, I did. Okay. How many times did I tell? I did for a very long time. But it took oh, me telling him. They're going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I totally <laughs> can't hear it. That's good. That's good. It's a good thing. Get rid of it. You're so fancy. I'm fancy. It's like my only, I would only be able to start a podcast with someone who knows what the fuck they're doing with sound editing. <laughs> uh, it, I did not know when we decided to do this. But you were willing to figure it out. It's gonna be February. 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 It's my birthday month, bitches. And you can't even say it. <laughs>